Hello Future Tribe, I hope you're all well. Welcome to the second episode with Ali Deluri. So if you missed part one, listen to last week's episode before we get the ball rolling on this one. On this episode, we talk about marketing yourself as a freelancer, understanding and discovering your unique value proposition. It's a it's a really important thing, whether you're a freelancer or whether you're just in business in general, or one could even argue in life. We also get into freelancing roles or freelancing jobs uh, because they're not typically advertised due to them being quite specialized and this can make them hard to find but also beneficial when you find the right one. With freelancing jobs, I know a lot of people who just essentially operate through word of mouth. It's just sort of part and parcel of freelancing. Um, But the benefit is that when you find the right job, there is less competition. It's not as easy to just turn around and find someone else, uh, normally speaking. Ali also discusses how the lack of financial security that freelancing can provide can be off-putting to some people, but then at the same time, how it can empower others because freelancing is just like having your own business. You just happen to be you by yourself. It, It leads to more competition for employers because you can dictate you can if you're if you're really good freelancer you can dictate the working conditions and you can pursue so many different projects i had a conversation just last week with a friend of mine who was thinking about going into consulting after working in a number of startups and his big thing was that he could you know work on 10 different projects within a year where when you work at a startup when you work in a traditional job he found that he just works on one project over say three years until it finishes and then even when that project is complete you just continue tweaking and supporting and making modifications and upgrading so there are a lot of benefits to freelancing and Ali and I get into that and more on this episode so I hope you enjoy I hope you're staying safe we'll talk soon Welcome to the Future Tribe podcast, where we're all about taking your future to the next level. Whether it is interviewing guests or unpacking strategies, you know we will be talking about getting things done and backing you, a fellow optimistic go-getter. And now, as always, here is your host, the formidable, fortunate and highly favoured, Jermaine Muller. Yeah, it's sort of that idea of like finding a niche and then just becoming so perfect for that niche that someone sort of looks at you and goes, well, like, like, okay, you know, this person's travel photography, we're after travel content. You're suddenly only competing with travel photographers rather than all photographers. And then you sort of, you know, go down that niche and you, you, you basically build out becoming the perfect person for the client. Exactly. And I remember when I had the interview with Semester at Sea, um, they told me one of the things that made me stand out from the rest of the applicants who were all interested in travel and all have been to a million countries, they said, you were a combat photographer. So we know we can throw you in the rainforest and Vietnam and your gear, you'll know how to handle that, you'll know how to do this, Um, which was so interesting because I remember coming off of the Air Force experience, I was like, am I how am I going to use the skill again? I don't want to be a war correspondent, you know, like how is this going to help me in the future? And it was just little things like that where they're like, you know, not only are you a travel photographer, not only are you savvy in travel, passionate in travel, 
but there's this one skill that you have that not a lot of people have that we can utilize for our client and our whatever product. And not just skill, but also experience. And I think people are very quick to discount their previous sort of experiences. They sort of don't realize they can't look at it and say, this is a strength this is something that I can, you know, either hone in on or, or just look at it and go, I've had so much experience in this area that no one else can really compete. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I deserve this, this spot. And I think it just comes back to sort of not just looking at yourself, but also understanding that you've got to put in a lot of effort to, to, discover these things people aren't just going to point it out for you um not not always at least um in some cases they might but sort of you're you're your own marketing person um and i guess as a content creator especially freelancing um that's a scary part because you are a company basically Mm -hmm. um but instead of having you know a ceo and having someone to um clean up um after everyone else and having someone to um do the admin and the billing you just end up having to do it all and do the marketing and and all that as well but it becomes very easy when you when you build out the network and build out the relationship and make sure that because these people then become essentially marketers for you um once they once they get to know you, they talk to you and they impress by your work. I mean, all you got to do is keep finding more people like that. Yeah. Well, what I realized too, is that I used to really stress myself out because I would be on like seek or indeed or LinkedIn. Like what are the jobs out there? What can I apply for? And I realized that 90% of the jobs that you're going to get as a freelancer don't actually exist yet. And they don't actually, Mm -hmm. you can't find them because those are the jobs that are just going to be curated for you once you have that relationship. So the organization that I worked with uh, for the bushfire relief, they were like, you know, this position doesn't really exist yet, but we're impressed with your work. We want to keep you on, on a contractual basis. We're going to create this maybe in a few months. If you're interested, we'll put your name in. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's how it works now. Like so many companies are just doing that. They're, they're hiring out uh, people that they trust, that they want long-term relationships with, and they're, they're just making these contracts for them. And that's how people are getting these long-term work. It's, it's not, I mean, it is a gig business, but it's slowly turning into just a contract business and just knowing the right people and having those experiences that is going to go such a long way. And I think people really get daunted by the idea of like traditional, Oh, it needs to be on LinkedIn for it to be a thing that, that yes, really for it not- to be a job or whatever. Yeah, it's very interesting yeah. how that's all kind of evolving. Oh, I mean, uh, it's. I think it's always existed, um, but but what's changing is that the people that the actual workforce is sort of shifting their mindset. So I think it's always existed that you can ask to you know get a job curated for you or tweaked for you, or you can go and pitch it to someone. But um, I think that was almost frowned upon. Um, even 20, even 10 years ago, I think people sort of said, no, you're not allowed to ask for that. People, companies are paying you for a service, just do that job and that's it. If they don't have a job, you don't have a right for anything else. Where now I think people are shifting to, no, I want to have a life and I'm going to build out a life that I like and work is a part of that life um, and it's not the other way around. 
Um, you know, life doesn't happen around work. It's, it's vice versa. And, and organizations have started to realize that one, it's cheaper for them, you know, um, to pay a contractor for a job rather than paying them indefinitely, whether they do work or don't do work. Um, I mean, the fires, for example, if you were to be contracted for, contracted for that, it wouldn't make sense for a business to hire someone to photograph bushfires when bushfires happen once every, say, once a year. Yeah. Like, where's the logic there? So it's it's we're we're sort of hitting this interesting time where um, myself, I I think I still have fairly traditional thoughts around work, um, and that's shifting. Um, and you know that's part of my upbringing as well, and it leads to this level of anxiety about because there's uncertainty around the kind of the shift that's happening, right? Freelance work, there's uncertainty having a business and having to get, get our our own work. There's uncertainty, um, which leads to some level of anxiety because, um, well, if we don't turn up and we don't market and we don't convince people, well, we're going to go hungry more or less. Um, but it also leads to, you know, you can, you can, you can set up coping mechanisms around it. And um, as I'm sure you and your fiance did before you moved, you thought about the financial side of things. You, you did the numbers and you sort of realized, you know, you're not going to come over here and spend $200 a day on food um, because that's, that's not going to be sustainable and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And you know, it's just so interesting because for the longest time, you know, like I said, being a 30 something year old, I grew up with this initial intention of getting a job that I would stay with for the rest of my life. And that has been pounded into us for so long. And like our parents' generation, the generation before that, companies had the power. They had the power. And if you were a part of a company, you were going to be taken care of because you were going to have a pension and you were going to have benefits mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But the company still had the power. The company could still let you go and get rid of that pension no matter how long you've been with that company. And you hear that story time and time again. So it's just so interesting because now the shift is finally happening where the individual has the power. And the individual is like, this is my worth. This is what I'm willing to do. These are the hours I want to work. This is the exact type of work that I want to do. And you pitch that to a company and a company says, yep, I want that. But the company doesn't have power anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, yeah. in some respect, they do. A well, I mean, everyone's still got a certain level of power. Um, just like, just like the employees did in the more traditional method, because if they don't turn up, then work doesn't get done. So there's a certain mm-hmm. level of power, but it, it, there's still a shift in that paradigm, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, now, Tell me, moving forward, what are your plans? So do you have sort of a, so you're traveling through Australia. Is there, is there sort of a end date when you sort of will head back home or? Yeah. So it's so funny that you talked about the financial implications of just picking up, leaving everything behind and, and trying out a new life in a new country, um, because we definitely had to have that conversation. And our goals have changed so much since November when we, when we showed up here. Uh, initially we were going to be here a year. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, we're going to get after it. It's going to be great. We have money saved up. You know, this is what we're going to do. Um, but we found maybe like two months into our trip that we were constantly crunching numbers. We were constantly like, Oh, okay. We, we spent $7 on an eggplant. So that's our food for the day. You know what I mean? (laughs) And we were foregoing tourist attractions. We were, you were constantly like, okay, maybe we don't do that because we're trying to save money and we got to last a year. And we had to really reshift our focus and, and we, 
we had to sit down and say, okay, why are we doing this? We're here because we love travel. We love to meet people. We want to do the work that we love. Um, and and but, see attractions, I assume as well, you know, see the sure. things that you're, you're visiting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we didn't want to forego that just to say that we were in Australia for a year, you know, like just to check that box. And, and after a while it felt like we were just checking boxes. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we said, you know what, let's cut the trip in half. That way we can do more financially. We have more flexibility. We can do X, Y, and Z. Um, but we'll, we'll get literal more bang for our buck doing it that way. So that's the goal right now. I think we're probably going to try to head out of here maybe May, June, July timeframe, but we're still flexible. We don't have a return ticket booked yet mm -hmm. for the States. Mm -hmm. That's our plan. Maybe something will happen where, you know, we re-extend for a while. Um, who's to say? But we've definitely, we've had to have that conversation quite a bit because you're right. I mean, that's, I think what is most daunting about doing what we're doing is that there is a, there is a financial setback in some way, shape or form. And you just have to understand, okay, this is, the maximum that I'm willing to spend. And if I don't, you know, this is how I'm going to reprioritize what my goals are for this trip. But so far it's been amazing. And like I said, my fiance, he's a comedian. So he's been performing at various venues here. And um, so either way, we're both progressing in our skills. We're both mm -hmm. doing the things that we want to accomplish in order to get ourselves ready for the next level. Um, whatever that looks like back in the States. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and you have your own podcast as well. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So it's called work our way. Um, it's a play on the term work away, which is a com something that we first figured out when we got to Australia was even a thing. Um, but yeah, it's called work our way. And basically we just, we talk about what we experienced over the last week. It's weekly episodes released every Monday and um yeah we talk about comedy we talk about travel and we just talk about all the funny things that have happened to us uh through the <laughs> eyes of two somewhat ignorant americans so it's it's we, we really nothing's off the table in terms of what we talk about and um yeah it's been a good ride awesome we'll include the links to um that in the description as well um where can people find out more about you um, so feel free to check out our website, uh, workourway.com. There's a link uh, for Patrick and all of his comedy stuff. And then there's a link for me, uh, most of the videos that I've created uh, for Australia and for the various clients we talked about are on there. Um, but yeah, that's where we put everything. We, we have a YouTube channel that's on there. We have an Instagram. That's kind of the one-stop shop if you want to just check out more of what we're doing. This episode was made possible thanks to the following supporters. Future Theory, websites, marketing and design that make your goals come true. Proudly based in Canberra, Australia. Visit us online at futuretheory.com.au. Um, are you ready for the top 12? Let's go for it. Okay, so top three books or podcasts that you recommend so um, I will admit I am not a really big reader. <laughs> I don't know if this is like common with creatives um, who specialize in video or photo, but uh, I find myself just watching YouTube tutorials on how to edit a certain way versus reading a book. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say three podcasts. I mean, this is going to sound 
I'm sure this is everyone's on everyone's list, but the Joe Rogan experience is one that we just, I started listening to on this trip. And, you know, we have long drives across the Melibor, you know, we've been to the Outback, we spent a decent amount of time in our van. So we get after the podcast game and mm-hmm. the Joe Rogan experience is just one that is great. Um, you know, Joe Rogan, comedian, he has all these amazing guests on his podcast and they had, they talk for hours and hours sometimes. Um, and it's great. You know, uh, he's had a couple of politicians on there from the States. He's had, um, you know, scientists, historians, actors, just everybody. Um, so that's just, that's a breath of fresh air in terms of just what I like most about storytelling. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just something that I'm a huge, huge fan of. Um, Tuesdays with Stories is another podcast. It's um, with Mark Norman and Joe Liss. I don't know if you listen to that, but it, another great uh, comedy podcast. And it's kind of the same, it's structured the same way as our podcast, where they just kind of recount everything that happened to them over the last week. But they're two very funny comedians. So it is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so funny. It's just, yeah, I love Mark Norman. Um, yeah. I love, I love his stuff. So um, awesome. And uh, a third podcast. I am trying to think off the top of my head what another good one is. Um, but I'll tell you uh, a book that I just read. Um, so oh, yeah. Um, All the Light We Cannot See. I forget who wrote it, but it's, I think, a Pulitzer Prize um, novel. Um, or mm-hmm. it won some award. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's a story uh, that takes place during World War II um, through the eyes of... Uh, two young kids um and it's just it's it's great it's interesting um yeah though those are my three awesome um top three software tools that you can't live without oh man this is such a millennial thing to say but instagram <laughs> love instagram um i mean that helps the- for your work as well i would assume a hundred percent yeah and a lot of the clients that i have too if i'm not creating content then i'm managing their social media um so mm-hmm. it's just it's something that's not going away. Um, you know, huge fan of, of creating Instagram stories and showing clients how to utilize that aspect of Instagram. That's, that's just something that I, that I love. Um, I'm trying to think, so this is kind of one that not a lot of people know about, but it's called life lapse. I don't know if you've heard of okay. it. Okay. No, it's an, <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's an app, uh, for stop motion video. So you create stop motion videos on it and it is just so fun. Um, I remember stop motion when you had to set up like a giant camera on a tripod and like Mm -hmm. set a timer and it took like hours to edit. Um, this you can all do from your phone. Um, and it's nice because you can like take a picture and then it kind of, um, there's like a, God, what do you call it? Like 50% of the picture is still there, but then you still use it as a frame of reference to get your next Mm -hmm. picture. Um, okay. That sounds awesome. It sounds like you can you know, I, I'm always a fan of finding new ways of expressing already established mediums and stop motion is this old school, everyone knows stop motion, but yeah. I feel like videos a bit boring. Um, boomerangs are getting a bit, I'm, I'm getting a bit over boomerangs as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's an awesome tip. Um, is there a third? Yeah. So, and this is kind of, this is interesting because like I said, I'm 30. Um, I'm kind of an old content creator, uh, just in comparison to some of the people that I've worked with, but TikTok very recently has grabbed my attention and it's been, it's kind of like the old Vine. Um, I don't know if you were ever into mm-hmm. Vine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I was super bummed when they went out of business and went away. So TikTok is kind of that fix, a temporary fix for that. But it's it's fun. It's uh, it's a great place to to watch just very short clips that um, you know, video editing, comedy, like they have everything on there. Everything. I mean, people yeah. are using it for just just really cool things. A lot of clients now are, are utilizing it like Chipotle. Oh, TikTok's yeah. on the on the up and up the way I see it. I've only just sort of, I've, I've known of TikTok for a long time, but I've only just sort of been um, starting to understand it's earlier. And um, yeah, I, I can see why it's working. That's awesome. Um, top three mantras you try and live by, stuff that you tell yourself, you know, when, when things aren't going so well or stuff that you tell yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Anything come to mind? Yeah. So there was a quote that I um, found uh, when MySpace came out because I needed like a stupid quote for my homepage and I was just Googling quotes. Uh, and there was one that stood out that I just never forgot. Um, it's my biggest fear is that I'll look back on my life and wonder what I did with it. And that has always kind of stuck with me um, in everything that I did. And it's really helped motivate me to take the risks that would deter a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. I just figure, you know, even if I fail, I would rather say that I did it and tried than not do it at all, which I know is kind of cliche, but um, that's just, I thought that was a really powerful one-liner on kind of the way that I want to live my life. Um, so that's one that uh, I look at a lot. The other two mantras aren't really mantras. They're just um, stupid tattoos that I have <laughs> um, <laughs> that I got in various countries around the world. So I got one recently in Finland. Um, it's going through a really tough time there emotionally. I was just, you know, I was dealing with distance from my fiance. I was in a job that I didn't like. And, and it was really right before we took the leap um, to come out to Australia um, but I was in a taxi, uh, with, with this guy and I was like, Hey, do you guys have like a phrase that you use here in Finland that that's like cool that I can like tattoo on my body? He <laughs> said Sisu, it's S-I-S-U. And you can look it up. It has a couple different meanings, but, um, it's essentially, it, it kind of just means like badass in short, but it specifically is, um, it's like that second wave that you get. Like when you're being like hit your hardest and you're like about to give up, it's like that, that, that sensation yeah. of like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get like the, like the second, yeah. Second wind, like, like, you know, something that just comes out of nowhere and helps you push through sort of thing. Yes. That's exactly what yeah. it is. And there's no like real English word for it. Um, so that, I think about that and I'm like, man, when things get really, really tough, all I need is just that, like that just almost final mm-hmm. step, but that's what pushes you through to the, to the other side. Um, so that's cool. And then uh, this is another <laughs> tattoo I have. I got in Japan. Um, it's the word Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of it or, you know, the no. concept, but it's uh, it's like this little Venn diagram um, where you essentially there's this very small thing in the middle um, that is like true happiness and true sense of purpose and being. And it's, you know, doing what you love, doing what the world needs, doing something that makes money uh, and then something else, something you're passionate about maybe. Um, but all of those things in the middle forms your ikigai and people spend their whole lives trying to find it. Find um, they it. spend their uh. whole lives thinking that it's just, doing the three out of the four things um, and sacrificing one of those things all the time. Um, But if you can kind of have that. Find the perfect balance. 
Exactly. And um, the, the way that they uh, found out about Ikigai is they went to like this Japanese village and there were these people there that were living until like 90, 100 years old, this whole village. It was just full of old people. And they're like, how the hell are you guys living so long? And they were like, because we found our Ikigai, you know, like that wow. is. Yeah. So um, so that's really cool. And there's actually a ton of books about it. Um, if you're looking for something motivational, um, you know, just go to any bookstore and look for a book that talks about Ikigai. But there's it's they go so in depth about how to find it, you know, what to do, all these things. So that's that's, that's amazing. Awesome. And the last one, um, top three people you follow or study. Um, so people that I follow that are, are very inspirational. Um, there's one, and this is going to sound creepy, um, but I promise it's not. I've been following her since she was 17. Um, but her name's Demi Bagby. Uh, she has like 2 million followers on Instagram, but she's this girl that like broke her back when she was 14, uh, got into CrossFit and is now like arguably one of the strongest females that I've seen in like a competitive wow. and she like can I'm do look her up right now. Yeah, she can do just crazy stuff and she posts videos of her workouts and they're just like beyond what I can ever comprehend doing in my lifetime and she's doing it yeah. now a 19 year old. Um but I've just I've followed her journey for 2 years so I'm a little more emotionally attached to her now. Um but she's great. Um, huge fan of her. There's another uh, YouTube comedian, Laura Cleary. Um, she recently came out with a book called Idiot that I still have to read and find. I haven't found it since being in Australia. But um, mm -hmm. she was like your typical actress. Um, you know, she lived in L.A. for a while. But she started as like a coke and heroin addict. Like she was falling apart. Like she constantly posts pictures of her just like super skinny and super out of it and addicted to drugs and all this stuff. Um, and she got sober, I want to say like 10 or so years ago, um, maybe not even that long. Um, but since she got sober, she has become like super successful. She's comedian on YouTube. She is also a very large Instagram following and, uh, it's just been great. She's got like a kid now she's married and you really kind of just see the whole full circle of, of her life. Yeah, the full journey. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's inspiring to see the fact that she came from like this crazy background where she really just kind of drove herself into the ground emotionally and, and, and spiritually and, and all these things and, and was able to come out on the other side even more successful. So that's just a cool story. And, and she's she's funny, you know, she she puts out like videos of, of some of her stuff and, and it's great. Um but yeah, I guess um, the third person, I'm just kind of trying to rack my brain. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Katie Couric. Um, she was really my inspiration when I started as a journalist. And I haven't followed her as much recently, but I've always kind of looked up to her story. And, and, you know, whether it's her personal life, you know, losing a husband to cancer, raising kids and, and being a successful journalist in the midst of all of that. Um, to really just kind of, you know, that's something that I always it's aspired to be as a journalist. And even though I'm no longer on that track, um, I still really admire her story and I admire the way that she does storytelling because that's a constant that I've always tried to, um, really implement in my work is the storytelling aspect. And, yeah. um, you know, if you go to the website and you look at my tab, you'll see that 
a lot of the people that I still talk to, um, I really still try to make that the focus. Even if there's like branding and, and other stuff that you need to incorporate, I make sure that no matter what the storytelling is there. Um, and she was really my first inspiration and in understanding how to do that tactfully. Awesome. Um, that's a very solid answer for, for um, someone who only, you know, got the questions about an hour ago. So um, <laughs> there are some really, really awesome people that are, I'm going to look up myself and um, start following myself as well. Um, and it's always nice when I think it's nice to see stories go through like the, the, the people's stories on social media. And it's not just the, you know, look at my wins and look at how amazing my life is, but it's sort of these, these, um, you know, look at me picking myself back up or look at me, um, when I failed and this is, this is what I've been able to do. Um, I think social media is often sort of discredited because people think it's just a way of getting yourself down, but to me, it's a way of um, motivating myself and inspiring myself as well. Um, or as much as it is to look at and say, Oh, you know, this person has this or that person has that. Um, there's some real positives to social media. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually glad that you, basically you highlighted that as well throughout. So um, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Um, of course, uh, we'll have all the links that we've discussed um, in the description and um, yeah, I hope you have um, a good stay for the rest of the time that you're, you're in Australia. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Future Tribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast app. 